0: This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the Spoiler Room. And welcome to another edition of, of the Spoiler Room. And folks, never let it be said we don't bring you interesting and well, some would say entertaining films, and tonight I've got a doozy of one for you. And I got a great crew assembled here to join us in our group therapy session over the film The Thingy. And first off, is the man and the reason why uh, we watched this film in the first place, one and only Astro Rego Z's own Derek Carey. Hello, Derek.
1: Mark, I am in no way, shape, or form going to take blame for the three of you guys watching this film. I merely posted online that I saw a film that blew my mind and that I was thinking about it three days later. You guys took it upon your own volition to go and, and find it and then watch it. So I take no blame. But nice to see you, Mark. Thanks for bringing me
0: Oh, we're glad to have you here, Derek, and uh, next to Derek is the Diva of the Spoiler Room. She's back once again. Dawn is here with us. Hello, Dawn.
2: Hello, gentlemen.
0: <laughs> glad to have you in here to get a female perspective on this this interesting film. And next to Dawn, he is back <laughs> once again, uh, Mr. Jason Zuliger. Hello, Jason.
3: Well, hello. I am also happy to be here. And Derek, if you post something like that, there's no way I'm not going to watch that movie. I mean, that's like, that's like just the greatest invitation ever that it blew your mind. And you're still thinking of it three days later. I have to watch that. I have to. (laughs)
0: I, I know it's it's just like putting chum in the water, you know. It's, <laughs> like, it's like here, a, you, or a as, as I said, I can take no
1: blame. I I only posted what what my words do to your people <laughs> psyche. That is up to you. I take no blame in that.
2: And, and it's an interesting commentary that Mark very specifically asked me if I was interested in it.
0: <laughs> well, Dawn, I, I do know you're 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 always looking for unusual films. So Love Trauma. You know, and you love trauma. And this one is definitely put out by Trauma. It is called The Thingy, and I left off the subtitle on the title of this podcast because that kind of takes away some of the excitement and fun of the fact <laughs> this is confessions of a teenage placenta yes that's right it's the heartbreaking story of Luke who we see from birth through his teenage years and the trials and tribulations he has to deal with as he comes of age and yes he's a living placenta (laughs) damn it I can't even say that right without this this film oh my lord Derek how did you find this film um amazon
1: video direct right now and if you aren't aware of what this is it's a service that amazon has put out through their prime um membership for filmmakers to upload their films and for free now you can you can get your film onto amazon prime by just uploading it via their service And putting making sure the only caveat is you have to put closed captions on your film. Mm. So now it is this wild west of indie films that you would never hear of. You would never see and it. They're on a major streaming platform that's in just about everyone's household and on everyone's smart TV and Amazon Prime. Seems how it's tied to the actual Amazon.com experience, where you get free shipping and all this other stuff on just goods alone. So many people have this that this is a, a an amazing opportunity right now to be able to get independent film out to the masses. And because of this, it is an exciting time for exploitation film fans such as myself, because honestly. I don't think I would have ever found this movie mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Amazon Prime right now. I have been almost a up- obsessed with amazon prime since this service went into motion i put uh, our film hole in the wall up on it it's been getting out there it's finally getting seen by everyone i've been getting good and bad reviews back on it which was to be expected but because of this i'm like i'm very interested to see who else is putting stuff on there and i came by and let's be honest the poster they have up on amazon for the thingy is really stupid. And it's, it says nothing. Yeah. It literally is just the thingy. And a hand holding an umbilical cord. And I came across this. And I'm like the thingy. That's a really stupid title. What is this? So I clicked on it. I mean total just blind view. Started it and trauma started up. I'm like okay. Let's watch this. And for the next hour and 23 minutes, I sat completely slack-jawed, had no idea what the fuck just happened to me. I have not had a film do that to me since the taint that <laughs> *Trauma* also put out, mm-hmm. and it is this is exactly the kind of experience that I look for when I'm looking for um, new underground independent films is something that is so off the beaten path that I would not experience anywhere else. This is an entirely
0: original, strange, one of a kind film. I, I can definitely agree with you on that. It, it, you know when i saw you posting it and then i was like okay and i looked it up and i'm like wait what and so i pressed play and i i admit i was the same way i was like what am i watching i can't turn away i can't i'm i am fixated on this film <laughs> uh, well, i think the main
1: reason mark is because it is it is a very beautifully shot film. There's a, for, for a film that's so strange and so weird and so grotesque and so subversive, it is so, it, there was so much care put into the production of it. The, the photography is beautiful. The sound, if you don't watch this on a sound system with a subwoofer, you're doing yourself an insane disservice there's so much care done to the soundscape of this film that the the base of this film becomes another character in and of itself. It creates such a thick, tense atmosphere um, of doom throughout the entire thing that... It's hard to not get sucked into this movie. It's a very well-crafted film. It's just fucking bonkers.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don, would you agree with that assessment? How about you when I, I suggested that you watch this film after I experienced it? Uh,
2: I I would actually agree with that assessment. Um there are so many crazy details in in this film. I watched it, okay. I sp- I watched it for the first time starting last night, and even as I was watching it, I realized that I was missing things so i i did a uh, i finished watching it this morning and then watched it a did another quick view uh just before the podcast tonight and the the amount of crazy details, not just visually. Like Derek had mentioned, uh, so much care was taken in the cinematography, um, but so many small details in the background and the setting and and placement of items. But in the background, if you don't pay attention to to the to the background voices and sounds, you're missing extra layers of the film. Right. So. Absolutely, I agree with Derek on that
0: yeah i I would have to say i uh I watched it a second time as well because I knew I had missed stuff and you picked up on even more things and uh, I believe Jason here you've watched it multiple times as well, have you not and and how do you feel about uh this film?
3: Yeah, I had a similar experience, although so the first time that I watched it, uh, I watched it on the t v in our bedroom, which is a um it's a smart TV, so I got the Amazon video through it. But the TV was too dark. For some reason, the subtitles won't, weren't working. And so I'm watching it, and it was kind of dark. I couldn't always see what was going on. Um, I knew I was missing stuff um, in the, the soundtrack or the voices and things like that. And, and uh, so I finished watching it and kind of had a – I didn't really know what to think. And so the second time I watched it today – um, I watched it on a different TV with subtitles on, with headphones on, and I think it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I, I to, to to Dawn's point, to uh, all your, you know, there's so many details, and I was picking up so much stuff in the background. And I actually, it took me well over an hour and a half, probably over two hours to watch it because I kept rewinding stuff and looking at, paying attention to details and like, is that? And and did I just see that in the background? And I would I rewatch stuff, I re-listen to stuff, and um, ah, it was just the details are are awesome. Um, there's just really cool stuff, uh, that I was picking up that I didn't get at all in the first time around.
0: Yeah, and and the frames, especially when we get into the the household of of, sorry, I, I chuckle a little saying it just because I can't believe I'm saying it, but. Of Luke, the living placenta, and his his single parent Marianne. Um, there's so much detail. You're right. It, it's such a dense frame in that house. Uh, Derek, you're you're the director filmmaker uh, guy. Wouldn't you say that in that house, it, there's so much going on in each frame or each scene when you're getting it that it's it's kind of hard to take in on the first viewing?
1: Well, I think a lot of care was done to the mise-en of the film. There's just Um, There was a lot of art direction. There was a lot of care for composition. There was a lot of care for um, having things feel very cinematic. Um, But there was also a ton of care done to turning everything that you would see in a typical, and let's be honest, this is a coming of age story, turning it on its head as if you've walked into bizarro land. So if you were to – let's just say this. This film essentially is your typical um, coming-of-age story for a teenage boy, only the teenage boy has been replaced with a a squishy little pink uh, placenta that looks like Belial from the Basket Case movies. And he rides around on a a toy uh, car and leaves slime trails, has one eye that just moves all over the place, In one hand, and people talk to him like he's just a normal person. Um, this is what works about this movie, and why there's so why you focus on all of these details is because you kind of already seen the plot before in other movies, and what this movie is doing is taking that convention and totally putting it through a lens of bizarro, over the top, gonzo like. We are We are going to take what we feel are the um how can I put this, are the cliches of uh, American culture or of this story, and how do we make these as out there as possible? This story posits that um this this mom, who is obviously a guy, that is a weightlifter with one big, huge arm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: not unlike if you had seen um what is uh Shyamalan's movie the um lady in the water mm-hmm. where they have that character with the one big arm um the mom it, it, it the movie starts out with them in a weight she's a weightlifter that goes to competitions who knows for what she's got one huge arm i don't know it doesn't matter but <laughs> It goes through what you would assume would be just a, a typical, you know, everyday life story, coming of age story, and then in as you're watching this, you're just so flabbergasted by. It, but, but that's a man. Wait, that's a woman. But that's that poster is Rambo. No, that's not Rambo. That's Rambert. Teenage Mutant Rambert. Um, that's uh. It, it just is endless. You you could literally sit and watch every frame of this and be like, your eye. There's so much to look at, yet it's so simple. The thing is, the compositions are very simple. It's just a very dense art decoration of this film, and it's done purposefully because it is subverting what the normal paradigm of a coming of age story, teenage coming of age story, is.
0: Yeah, I, I'll agree that uh, by putting it this way, they turn it on its head and they actually keep you interested because you have absolutely no idea where they're actually going to go with this because you've got this element of instead of a human, you have the living placenta, which you mentioned that birth scene in the weight room. Uh, Don, <laughs> what would you think of that when, when they put the the baby in the bio bag and the placenta ends up nursing. <laughs> does, does I that, go ahead.
2: Yeah, that confused me. Um <laughs> I, obviously they had to get they had to get there somehow. And I don't I don't think it would have struck me quite as much if they would not have called the stillborn baby the placenta. Mm -hmm. But they actually referred to the stillborn baby as the placenta. Right. And they referred to the placenta as the baby. Baby boy, how the hell does that even get determined? I mean, it's a blob with an umbilical cord. (laughs) How did they determine it was male? But what is the – is is the umbilical cord the penis? I'm not entirely certain because at one point, you know, when he's with the hooker, he said, oh, you know – he, it's like, well, it's not really all that sensitive anyway, and that just confused me even more.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, 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 I thought that was really creepy when they referred to the baby as the placenta. Jason, did that strike you too right away? Like that—that's kind of wow. That's just sets the sets the tone for the whole movie, doesn't
3: it? Yeah. Well, and and I was a little bit. Confused too because in the back of my head I'm like, isn't there something about because through the whole movie there's all this stuff about eating and and you know the the one Rihanna trying to bite or eat uh, Luke and and that's of course the very final image um, but and and she mentions uh, Marianne mentions in the very beginning you know something about um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the placenta home and eat it. Later, it's a family tradition. And yeah. so so I, I looked it up, and it's uh, pl- placentophagy. It's, uh, the, and, and we get that in the, the poorly computer-animated uh, video of the deer um, in the movie, too, <laughs> where it's basically mammals eating the placenta of their young after childbirth. It's, it's normal in nature. I guess January Jones did it or something, so to, there's people that are... Saving the placenta and eating it, or cooking it, and it. So it's a thing which I, I didn't really know until I kind of looked into it. But um. But. Yeah, go ahead.
2: But she waited like I guess according to the time frame in the film, she waited like over thirteen years to eat it. Was it thirteen or was it five years? No, it was over thirteen because at one point they reference him being thirteen years old before she eats the dead stillborn baby
0: which it was because
2: he was in high school yeah or junior high or something
0: that yeah that's creepy that, that was so
3: i i didn't i for some reason totally did not get that the first time i watched it i'm like there's something in the freezer i i don't know why i did my my head didn't put it together um and then it, I, I think it was because i was watching on the shitty tv and there's a dark blob in the oven I'm not exactly sure what that is. I didn't put it together. And then the second time, I'm like, "Holy shit, that's, that's a baby in the office, or the placenta, or what you know, you know the as they were calling it." But uh, yeah, that was the time. The, the time was weird because years passed, you know, well, in, in in a very short span. So
0: well, they they do keep those who eat the placenta, because I actually knew something about that. I don't know why I knew this. <laughs> because but, you're Mark. I mean, but I knew there were people that had, had done this, and they usually f- they're supposed to leave it in the freezer and then eat it on the the uh, first year birthday, I think it is, or uh, is when they're supposed to take it out of the freezer and eat it. So I thought it was odd, too, that she kept it for 13 years. Never mind the fact it's an actual stillborn baby. Uh That I was like, wow, my brain. That that right there, I was like, if your brain hasn't melted at that point, trying to wrap itself around it, when you hit that point in the film, you're really like, okay, now I'm I'm not sure where this is going. So (laughs) we have this uh, uh, baby eating scene. We've got the mom with the the arm, and then we also have a character in here, a priest. So (laughs) on a bit of the religious angle and uh, it's it's kind of handled humorous in here but jason did you get the vibe they were playing a little bit at the old priest inappropriate relationship with young man
3: oh yeah and and at, <laughs> at, at first i was i was like well he seems like he might be a decent guy. I don't know, but I'm thinking <laughs> uh, but then, then, then I'm thinking about okay, I'm watching a trauma movie. This guy's gonna be the, the most twisted character in the thing, probably. and it turns out he pretty much was. you, you know when he when he, uh, when he uh, goes to Baby Luke and does the Got your nose thing and then starts <laughs> his, his thumb, it was just oh yeah. Yeah. What about the
1: tickle, the tickle molestation scene? The,
3: the, the tickle molestation, yeah, was was, was nice, right?
2: <laughs> I think I think my favorite was towards the end when he says, "Hookers are like
3: Big Macs." Oh. <laughs> yeah. At at, at at first, you're hungry. You you really want them, but the moment a piece of meat is in your belly, you feel sick about it. Yes. I wrote I wrote that one down. I loved it so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, when he said that, I just lost it. I'm like, when he opens it up with hookers
0: are like Big Macs. I'm like, where are you going oh, with this?
1: <laughs> I understood it completely. I understood completely because let's take this is this is the metaphor that he's playing with here is that um, he that. The urges now, everybody in this film is kind of addicted to something. And they're following their their urges to um, the upteenth level. And his metaphor was that um, hookers satisfy a very temporary urge, and that once that urge is done, then the brain catches up. And finally, figures. Oh man, I'm really ashamed of myself that I actually did this. The same way you are when you go to eat fast food because you know that it's bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Now, whether or not the the hooker itself is is bad is not. It's the idea. It's the because he's a priest. It's because the idea of the Catholic guilt is is put into that thought. So his thought is, you know what? Yeah, I tried it once, but God has showed me okay. something else. That you know what, it was a, it was a very temporary urge. That once I was done with it, I realized
0: the error of my ways. Yeah, because Big Macs give you gas. But
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel less bad about that striking me since it obviously was memorable for everybody. <laughs>
0: How could it not <laughs> what do you what do you think? but eating eating or addiction is kind of the metaphor or theme that runs throughout this film yeah. uh, which which caught me, which I didn't expect either I'm like what you know it it kind of makes sense and you know you dig just under the surface of this quirky film and you start finding a lot of interesting themes that are are confronted in this this odd little picture, but uh. I'm going to ask now. I, I asked the group. I don't know if anyone uh, were able to come up with a question, but uh, we'll ask uh, Don. Did you have a question for the group or a topic uh, that we haven't touched yet that uh, you may want to uh, bring to the group and get our thoughts or answers on?
2: Did anybody else?
0: And I'm guessing.
2: And I already asked Mark this. Did anybody else listening to um, listening to Luke? The teenage placenta speak. Hear Andrew.
0: Dare.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I'm not going to answer. That.
2: Just, just the voice and the manner of speaking. I, I, I feel terrible. Oh my god, I'm such a bad person.
1: <laughs> I think I, I I, think the voice of that, um, that placenta is what. Really reins you in yes. to this film yeah. and gives it this kind of charming center where up until that point, and this is something that I had asked, I had asked Mark when he was first watching it because this is something Mark and I do is that we'll watch a movie and I'll say, "Hey, Mark, you should check this out," and then he'll start watching it and he'll text me through the whole thing. <laughs> and he was he was basically in what the fuck land point where I said, "Mark." there's going to be a point in this film where your brain's going to let go and you're just going to let the film do what it needs to. And you need to let it do that. And I think the point at which my brain stopped thinking so much about none of this makes fucking sense. What the fuck is going on? Why, why is this happening? Why is it was when that, placenta started talking and the voice of that that placenta was so charming and yes. so cute that it just all of a sudden I was just like
3: okay, I'm just going to watch and, this now. And, and that exactly. is, that is exactly what makes uh, one of his final lines so awesome is when he shoots the nurse and then he says where are the fresh ones? And then, oh, yeah. goes, and then he goes, and then he goes and kills the newborns. It to me that just sent chills up my spine. It mm-hmm. was I love those last five ten minutes.
0: Oh, the the five ten minutes where we basically go Taxi Driver. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it was Rambo and
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean it it had the feel though the tone of like the last five ten minutes of Taxi dri- Driver. almost. that's what was uh, hearkening back to me. But yeah, his voice. So you'd agree, Jason, as well? That voice just really kind of sucks you in, and suddenly makes you kind of, uh, you know, sympathetic for for uh,
3: the placenta. Yeah, yeah. Well, it 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 uh, it does. It's just it's it's one of those. yeah, there's something kind of calming about about the voice. It's very um you you identify with Luke. I think more because of that voice. It's just yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I agree. See, so see, Andrew, if you're listening at all, Dawn was
2: paying was, you a compliment.
0: There you go. She, was, <laughs> she wasn't saying your voice sounds like it comes from a placenta. She was saying that it was very calming and engrossing, and in, it it keeps your attention, right, Dawn? That's what you're doing absolutely. <laughs> I, I have to I have to agree with the group. Yeah, that that voice. So helps sell the placenta that when he starts talking, especially when you know he's in school and that you your brain has let go and you're looking at as a character, but even though it's a placenta, way in the back of your mind, you're going to placenta, you're seeing it as a character and almost having these this this human quality because this voice is so normal. I think and that's what it is you're kind of expecting the voice to be kind of weird or modulated or something and it's just this normal calming voice you're like okay and pretty soon you're accepting of this being a living placenta you're like okay yep that's what it is and you know what i feel bad for the guy
1: (laughs) yeah especially in the scene where in the bathroom those bullies are beating him up and the guy's like what uh what what are you doing what you're looking at girls? I saw that. You're trying to scheme on my girl? What? You're going to give her some essential vitamins and, and some <laughs> amino acids? What do you think you're doing? And, and he's like, give me your give me your lunch money. And he, I, I don't have, I only have my lunch. Well, give it. I like ham. <laughs> I think that whole sequence just kills me. There's like, the thing about this movie that really gets me is, and this was the question I was going to bring to the table was, sure. Um given that this is a trauma pickup, Do you think if this movie would have played out like a typical trauma movie where it would have been over the top in a goofy way that this would have worked as well if it unlike how this film was very somber? And very dark and played straight. Yes, there were a lot of funny things because it was kind of ridiculous, but they weren't. Play- they were played seriously. Do you do you think it w- it would have worked as well if it would have been the typical kind of Gonzo silly trauma flick?
0: Don, uh, why don't you answer that first, since you you are the big uh, trauma fan?
2: I, I probably not. I'm I'm trying to think of. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of other trauma flicks and and since you mentioned it earlier the taint is certainly one that is over the top ridiculous silly I I think not only the enti- I the entire tone would have been changed um ha- obviously had they had they gone with uh, the over the top but I think the entire way they filmed it would have had to have changed Two, and it wouldn't yeah. have had those those multiple layers and um, those extra dimensions they had through the sound and cinematography would have been completely. I I don't think they would have been as
3: appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't if if they had, if the ending had gone goofy, it wouldn't have been true to the rest of the film, and mm-hmm. it just would have been uh, it would have been I think a big disappointment after after the rest of that film, I mean, there's actually some, some touching parts in this movie. I mean, when he's with the, the, the prostitute and and they're going through his, his binder of cigarette warnings that he collects. I don't know. That was just weird, but I mean, you know, it's actually, you know, someone's showing him kindness and, and then, and then when he gets his heart broken after that, I mean, you know, I was actually pretty touching and, and, uh, um, yeah I just think they would have had to if they would have redone the whole movie and made it goofy oh maybe that would have worked but um, yeah they couldn't have just went goofy with the ending because it wouldn't have been true to the rest of the film I don't think
0: yeah I I was it was funny because I knew with the trauma opening in the, in the beginning even though you know they just distrib- distribute a lot of these films uh, they do sometimes put their own little spin or add a little scene or something so watching it, I did not expect it to take the serious dark tone that it did at the end, but I was happy it did because it adds weight to his character and it fit the rest of the film. It's it, it didn't go it went to a dark place because and by that point in the film, as we mentioned before with the voice and how they established this character, you're not thinking of goofy placenta guy, you're thinking of poor Luke who is in this family that his mom couldn't let go and he's been trying to be eaten by the girl of his dreams and you know he, the the prostitute you find out wasn't didn't really like him when she was trying to say he wasn't I mean you got all these emotions that you've traveled with him so you're not seeing goofy placenta boy killing firstborns you're just seeing Luke going off the deep end and you feel bad for him <laughs>
1: Yeah there's an uh, there's an arc there's a legitimate arc in this film and the tone is if you are a fan of trauma flicks and you gravitate towards stuff like combat shock or unbreakable um i really think you'll probably like the thingy because in tone i think it has a lot in common with combat shock where it's just the the, it's so bleak and it's so oppressive the thing that's different is there is this underlying charm throughout this film that keeps it from being a doom fest, which it could easily be because the ro- the rumbling of sub bass frequencies goes through the vast majority of this movie, and it creates uh, an unease. Um, there, there was a film, a uh, Gaspar Noé's. Um, irreversible did a similar thing um, where he played uh, was it um, a twenty or thirty hertz tone uh, through uh, the the first twenty or thirty minutes of irreversible, and it is commonly known that this tone, if played for extended periods of time, can legitimately change your the way that you feel and the mood that you feel um and, and make you irritable and he there's a similar type of thing that's going on in this that escalates um throughout the film and i i also agree with you guys i don't think that if this was played for laughs which it is to a certain extent at times um if it was more of a goofy kind of trauma flick it would not have worked whatsoever
0: well, and, and the laughs are the simple beats that you get in any coming-of-age film, actually, is you, you get a little bit of a humorous look to help relieve, I think, your audience just a little bit before you go back into the real-life situations of bullying, puberty, and you know heartbreak. Um, you, I think you need that in there, and, but it's not done to the extent you would think they would do with a film about a talking placenta (laughs) and so that's what just is amazing about this movie and what caught me so yeah the goofiness just just wouldn't work because it would take away about what you can see is the art and work that actually went into this film more so than just being this kind of shtick thing with the main character. Uh, So yeah, excellent question as well. Uh, What about you Jason? Did you have a uh, question for the group?
3: well um you know one of the things again watching it the second time and picking up on so many little details um i was just going to ask the group if they noticed something they think that maybe other people might have missed some little details or whatever that they'd want to call out um Mm. and i can provide one or i can wait till the end
0: well well let's uh Ask Derek first because he's he, everybody's here. Seen him multiple times, but we'll start with Derek. Derek, is there something or some detail you think people might miss? I mean, you kind of mentioned already the uh, the bass, uh, uh, the sound of it, but anything else that uh, may that you caught that you think people might miss? I
1: I think that <sighs> there's just so much going on in this flick. There really, is. I think this is a movie that that begs for you to watch it multiple times not only yeah. because it, it, the first viewing is kind of like a sledgehammer to the face and you, mm-hmm. you it's it's so out of the normal spectrum of what you're accustomed to watching that um you almost need a second viewing to get beyond that that feeling of shock to be able to sit down and and really assess what is going on but um, I would I, I think the thing that that's going to fly by people is is something that we we talked about before is the fact that this is a very normal coming of age story. And when you watch it the first time and you're seeing all these outrageous things and all these people that are playing against uh, type, and um all of the the weird stuff that's on newspapers and that's in the background this time i was i was seeing stuff like um the i don't know if you guys noticed on uh the mom's weight bench there were two skulls attached yeah. to yeah. the the weight bench and yeah. it's just like it's nonstop imagery for through the entire thing but i think the thing that a lot of people are going to miss on their first time viewing this is kind of the tenderness of the dialogue mm-hmm. and how this is kind of, if you were to strip away all the nonsense that's going on, this is a pretty typical um, coming-of-age story that really, there, there's really no cussing going on in this movie other than maybe a handful of times. For such a shocking film, it's played pretty straight. Except yeah.
3: the bums, the bums were swearing all the time. Oh, all the yes. time, all yes. the time. But the rest of
1: the characters, but the rest of the characters, yeah, no, yeah. not really. No, you're
0: yeah. right. Excellent point on that uh, with the dialogue. Yeah, you're right. Now that you mention it, uh, Dawn, how about you? Is there a, a item, a detail, or something you might want to bring out that you think people might miss since you have seen it uh, multiple, multiple times now?
2: Um, not, not anything quite so. Um in in depth as Derek but i mean there were a few details at that even the first time uh that i watched it the the first time that i watched it as uh Marianne was uh shooting up whatever the hell it was she was shooting up and the wallpaper behind her the fish started swimming in the wallpaper i'm like i, I saw that and i'm like
3: Holy crap,
2: I am missing things. I know I'm missing things. I did Um, not
3: see that. I'm going to have to watch it again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That's
3: awesome.
2: Yeah. So there was that. There was uh, other small details like um, using, and which was obvious because it was pointed out, using the pet kennel as a a playpen, baby Mm -hmm. gate. I have no idea what the hell the pet kennel was being used for, why you'd put your baby in a pet kennel, (laughs) whatever. But there was also the shopping cart being used as a stroller. Um, And uh, at one point, and I missed it, I meant to go back and write it down and I missed it. And maybe Jason got it Uh, because it seems like he was good with catching quotes. Um, Right at the end when mom did her final final shoot-up before – um, Marianne did her final shoot-up before um, Luke was done. Um, there was something going on in the background, some news story, yes. talking about how, yeah.
3: It was, it I, was I, messed up because they were talking about rape and, yes. and about get, getting your kicks and uh, raping something a girl about, and... It yeah, was,
2: something about how taking cherries are the best take, thing.
3: Yes, yes, it was it was crazy, and yeah. um, it, it didn't come through on the subtitles, so you kind of um, because I was catching a lot of stuff in the subtitles that I hadn't caught the first time, just getting the clarity in the dialogue. Um, that didn't come through, but it was it was pretty loud in the background, and it was um, it, it was. And, and I caught it, and
2: I and I didn't go back and and write it down, but I remember thinking how completely messed up it was, especially in juxtaposition to the scene that was occurring.
3: Ab- absolutely, and I don't know. I was going to go and look in the credits to see if they credited any movie or something, you know, where it maybe came from. Uh, it was I don't know what it was, but it was really bizarre. And it, uh, it was neat that you caught that because I caught that too. It was it it was weird. Yeah, and
2: then of course the mouth urinals. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want a Mick Jagger urinal in my house. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that Luke's like,
1: I don't like it
2: in here.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Jason, what about you? Uh, with your question, uh, what did you see a detail what, or something that?
3: Well, I, I think I think to everybody's point, there's so many details, and and mm-hmm. it really is worth watching multiple times and paying attention to what's going on and what's being said, uh, what's being said in the background, what's being said. I mean, there is just so many details. One thing that I didn't pick up the first time, which I'm not sure why, but I just thought was a nice touch the second time was when when she ODs and the bums come in and they're trying to help out and they're giving her milk and they're saying, drink it, drink it, baby, which calls back to the very beginning when Luke was born and she pulls him up to her and says to Luke, drink it, drink it, baby. It's, yep. it's, yeah. It was just, yeah. I was like, wow, that's a nice touch. So just, but there's stuff like that all over the movie. I mean, you just got to look for it.
0: There is. And I mean, I, I watching it a couple of times, I didn't uh, take notes, unfortunately, but what caught me and what I loved was the foreboding, just a little bit of it was uh, with the girlfriend, who agrees to go out on a date with him and they're at dinner and they're ordering and she orders her meat rare.
3: No, if no, it, she
0: says bloody. I like bloody, my meat bloody. That's what it was. Bloody. She says, I like your meat bloody. And I, the minute she said that, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 and she's looking at him like a piece of meat. And it, here it's it's literal. She's looking at him like a piece of meat. But um, I, you know, for my, I guess my question is, um, for the group, real quick, is just if you take out the pl- <laughs> if you take out the placenta, and you make this just a human boy, does this film still have that impact, or does it fall more into kind of just your normal, uh, kind of quirky? Coming of age story, Jason.
3: Wow. Um, you know, I did think about that a little bit because a lot of it, you know, as I think Derek or someone said earlier, is is you know it, it, it's just like a coming of age story, and it it's it, but instead of a boy, there's it's they insert this living placenta, and um, there's. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't have the same impact and I don't think and it wouldn't be it would be a, a very i don't know if it'd be a very different movie but it just um I don't know there's something about it that that i don't I don't even know. I don't even know how to express <laughs> what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> that, Maybe somebody else can <laughs> Der, step
0: Der, in here. Derek, how about you? If you replaced Plus Luke with a human boy and and granted you'd have to redo some of the metaphor that they have in here with the especially the end scene of the eating, uh, but do you think the film becomes kind of just a regular tale and it doesn't kind of elevate it a bit?
1: Um I don't think it would work. I I think the the reason why we ha- we're having this discussion is because that element has been taken away from us and it's made us kind of focus on everything that's surrounding it. I think that that was a very deliberate move and as I said before, this movie is about turning typical cliché convention on its head and making you think about it. It's about all of it's about metaphor. It's all about normal life and how and kind of opening your eyes to the, the ridiculousness of people's personal pursuits and how people are towards each other and how people are towards people that are different, that are weird, what growing up is like, how we treat uh, bums. And how uh, Luke treats the bums is like they're normal people, yet the adults treat them like pieces of shit. Um, it, there's just if you take Luke and just make him a boy, it still would be a disturbing film. It wouldn't have the symbolic edge, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't mean nearly as much.
0: Don, would you agree with that? Kind of, if it was the uh, human boy, that uh, it just kind of uh, takes that edge away.
2: Absolutely, um, it, and even even it changes our perception of it makes us more aware of our perception of things, um, of uh, gender roles, status roles, um, and 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 makes us more aware of our perception of how people impact. Uh, the lives of those around them.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So absolutely, it would not have the same
0: effect. Yeah, and and I agree as well. Uh, I think by them making this film the way they did, and I I, I mentioned it in in the review I dropped as well, that uh, because of your main character being this so out-of-left-field type of person, it makes you focus on everything else more intently. You give it more scrutiny. You, it 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 brings more focus to it because it's like the bullying felt a little bit stronger in this. That they're picking on this just blob and they're just beating the crap out of it. And you're just like, I mean, I watched that scene and I'm like, stop. I'm like, poor Luke. And I'm like. Wait, it's a placenta. What the hell? You know, but it made you a little more sensitive, I think, because he is so different that it heightens everything, your perception of everything around him, and it comes into more focus. And yeah, if it was another boy, just like ah, it's just another nerdy kid getting bullied. But in this case, it's something not human and yet you feel sympathy for it. You know, he gets his car burned, set on fire, and you feel bad for him because you're like, oh no, how's he going to get around now? (laughs) You know, I mean, it plays off of kids being picked on, that kid, awkward kid in the gym, uh, you know, handicapped as well. I mean, it is amazing how just taking one element, and granted the characters around him are exaggerated, but if you take that one main element and just turn it on its head, as Derek said, Yet the rest of the film has a lot of the standard coming of age tropes, how much more meaning those tropes suddenly have. And yeah, the thingy blew my mind too, in a good way. And it's a coming of age story that really brings a lot of topics that are current in our, our news and in you know kids. And yeah, it's it I did not expect the film we got in such a good way that uh, I will watch it again sometime. <laughs> you know, so uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here, though, real quick. So uh, why don't you just give your, your final quick thought and then where they can catch you at when you're not talking here. And Don, we're going to start with you first.
2: Okay, because... We've, we've, we're kind of at a dark place. I feel the need to lighten it. Um, did anybody else at any point during the movie uh, have Dr. Demento's dead puppies going through
0: their head? Oh, for for uh, Laka, the, yeah. the the dog, which at one point becomes a puppet that they're beating to death. It's supposed to be the dog because she's taking her aggression out and, on And
2: him. then she breastfeeds the dog.
0: The
3: The dead dog. The The dead dead dog, dog.
2: (laughs) yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I needed to lighten It got a little serious there.
0: Yes, folks, there's breastfeeding of a dead dog in here. There
1: you go. A dog that was white at the beginning of the film (laughs) and all the sudden turned black halfway through.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I read the trivia on that. Now that you mentioned it, and you brought it up real quick. I read the trivia on it. Apparently, it was at the end, it was some stuffed animal or puppet they found in the trash yeah. <laughs> that yeah. they used for the final seeds there where she's beating the crap out of it and it's getting bloody. Apparently, they found it was like a goat, an uh, old goat toy, <laughs> stuffed goat yeah. toy that they beat up in the last half of the film. <laughs> so...
2: so- yeah it's it's my final thoughts on the movie is it's crazy you got full of surprises lots of what the fuck moments and if you like trauma, trauma doesn't disappoint
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I definitely well said and where can they find you when you're not here
2: uh in the audience always in the audience I'm a fangirl.
0: <laughs> in the audience dot net yes There's a link on the Special Mark Productions page for that one. And there's also a link for uh, Derek's stuff. Derek, uh, final thought with uh, the thingy and uh, where they can find you at.
1: It's very rare that I watch something that so sideswipes me that it makes me want to watch it again almost immediately for some reason I forced myself when this was done to not watch it immediately again. Cause my first instinct was to just hit watch again, because it was just like, I have not had that experience of watching something where I was just like, where am I? What the fuck is going on? Um, and, and I love that. I love having films surprise me. And the thingy, I I think most people would look at this in uh, my girlfriend, Amanda, was kind of like, well, that was something Um, I think most people not saying that they wouldn't get it. That's not that sounds pompous. I just think this is not a movie for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. There's a high bar of uh, suspension of uh, disbelief that you got to you got to rise to in order to even let this into your heart. I mean, it seriously it takes it takes about half of the film before you really let go and see it for what it is. And I don't think most people will be able to do that. In the in the culture that we live in now with streaming, I think people give a movie 5 to 10 minutes. And if it doesn't wow them in that 5 to 10 minutes, they're gone. If you are that type of person, the thingy is not for you. If you are a fan of underground, subversive, experimental cinema, the thingy is for you. You like movies that make you think. Um, and that's weird to say, seeing how this movie's about a placenta that rides around on a hot wheel. Um, <laughs> um then this movie's for you. This movie is really for you and fans of trauma, and, and the, the the fact that uh, Luke looks like Blyle from uh, Basket Case, I mean, this is a movie for cult film fans. It, I think some people might find it a little pretentious because it is very serious and plays very straight, but I think most people that like this kind of stuff will dig it. I, I absolutely adore this movie. I, I'm going to watch it again as soon as I can. I, I think this is going to be something that's going to play a lot in my house um, because this is uh, in, in two viewings in a week this has become if if it weren't for the fact that the green room came out this year this would be the best thing I've seen all year <laughs> and I think most people would be like you're fucking insane but I don't care this, this movie floored me it absolutely floored me so I absolutely love it and yeah Mark as Mark said you can find my podcast which uh, Mark is on quite frequently Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, and all that stuff. You can also find it on AstroRadioZ.com. And if you're watching the thingy and you want to watch some more fucked up, you know, what am I watching cinema? You can also find on Amazon Prime our new anthology film, Hole in the Wall. Go check it out. It's for free if you're an Amazon Prime member. It's a wonderful time for independent underground exploitation cult film fans right now amazon prime is where it's at dudes
0: nice and uh, jason your final thought with this film as well as uh, where they can find some things you've worked on
3: well i want to thank uh everybody here uh derek thank you for introducing us all to this movie and uh if when you're Scrolling through the crap on Amazon Prime, and you find another gem like this, please holler and let us all know <laughs> so we can we can watch it. And uh, most of it's crap. Most of it <laughs> I've seen is crap. <laughs> Thanks for doing the that uh, legwork for us. <laughs> <Appreciate> <laughs> You're welcome. <it>. Yeah, <laughs> You're um, welcome. Uh, yeah, I I loved it. I will watch it again. I didn't love it the first time. Uh, I didn't know what to think after the first time, and and part of that was how i viewed it uh but but the second time yeah i it totally it did a 180 so um one thing i'll i'll uh, call out about the movie for people that might be listening that aren't from uh up north uh that just to explain luke's dream he's a curling stone and those are brooms and they're they're helping him go down the the ice in in curling that right before he goes into the giant vagina with teeth That's (laughs) curling. Just just in case you were wondering what the hell that was, that's curling. All right. Um, And you know what? I'm not going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about our friends in Oshkosh. Uh, They are having the Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival on Saturday, October 8th, and Sunday, October 9th. They have a Facebook uh, thingy, and so you should check that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you will find some uh, interesting films as well, not quite like the thingy, but uh, there's one or two in there that I think will will test some people. So, uh, nice. yeah, the the, the yes, new the, the the new horror festival, yes, uh, coming up early October. I'll put uh, links as well on Special Mark Productions. And yet, same here, Derek. Thank you for bringing this up. This is I, I love when films like this pop up. Something you wouldn't normally come across or even think to search for. I, right? you know, I, I don't go on the web and go, hmm, uh, movies with living placenta. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> but and and uh, on the surface, yes, this film. First time watching, you're gonna go, wow, But you watch it again. And if you pay attention just a little bit, you're going to find that for the type of film this is, it covers a lot of ground. There's a lot of things going on. And it is, it is at its core, touching. It's dark and a little twisted, but also touching. And, yeah, it's become one of my, my favorites to watch. Uh, and I it's great that it, we get movies like this now uh, with streaming that we could see that would have just lived in festival circuit for a while, or on a dusty shelf, you know, one copy in the corner, uh, in a video store, the fact that it you get movies now that you can experience. Folks, it, let's put it this way, you complain out there about how there's nothing original being made anymore, yeah, watch this film, okay, <laughs> just, just watch this film. <laughs> If you're thinking that it's all been done before, the thingy shows you there is still ground to be found. There are still uh, dark corners to explore, and the thingy definitely takes you to a few of those places. So I want to thank everyone here tonight for joining me on uh, talking about this unusual film. Uh, It had to be talked about because there is just, as you can tell, so much. Hope it wet your whistle for it. If you do check it out, please, uh, email us at spoilerroom.smp at gmail.com or follow us on the Twitter at spoilerroompdcs or follow me at moviemaniac3d and specialmarkproductions.com for all your uh, movie review and movie man needs. Thank you so much for everyone joining us on this discussion and uh, say good night, everyone.
3: Good night, everyone.